There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. There you go, Alliance. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen of Alliance. Out there somewhere, you got to Google them, find out where they're at. They're running around. You don't have to Google Brett. What's the matter? I know. That's just the guy who sends those. Damn. Brubaker. Computer screen, the guy sends. He finds bikini pictures of people. Oh, that guy. All the time. Yeah. I don't know where you even find those nowadays. It's either nudity or not, but this dude finds models who are still, you know, classily dressed. Not some disgusting nudes. This girl's beautiful. What do you think of her? I'm like, what are you, a talent agent, John? <laughs> Rubaker sends me a movie. And then every once in a while, I'll get an email that says, one more. And it's just a girl's butt. Thanks, John. He's got a good eye. I don't, well, he's got a great eye. And I don't know where you find all these professional modeling photos. But I guess, I mean, it's not the Instagram. Gram, John. It's not the Instagram. This is like ads. He just the, stole them. And these look on. like old ads. That's a lot of work if he's doing that. He's retired. He's got nothing but that. <laughs> I've met Rubaker a million times. This guy's got nothing but a day for this. This is his new job. He used to be a teacher. (laughs) That's right. He was a teacher, and now he just scours the internet for, uh, you know, PG-13 photos of girls in bikinis. Uh, Brett's going out. You don't have to search for Brett too far. He's the the moving mountain. Oh, that face of his is a disaster. Go see our own quagmire this morning. Uh, Broadway and rural is where he is. Operation Hydration. That is going on right now. And boy, oh boy, are we needing it because it is hot. I don't believe this. I got a text from a friend of mine in Chicago yesterday. Congrats on the record. How are you guys holding up? We're fine. It's the Everybody same. Every summer we go through 30 days of 110 or more, just very rarely in a row. So, yeah, this is a little different. But I always remind everybody, we also had like the coolest June on record. So we're just kind of catching the back end of this thing. It sucks. But it's, you know, we're, we're all right. No, no need to call Midwest. We got this. And you know what I started thinking? The good news is, uh, keep doing, we should encourage this news nationally. It keeps Philadelphians and Bostonians and all those people that were thinking about changing their lives and moving to the oasis known as Phoenix, keeps them away. Yeah. All those knobs that showed up here from Philly for the Super Bowl that were thinking, I'm moving there. Oh, I've asked them. I'm like, hey, what do you think about visiting? <laughs> no. no, now they won't come out because the because the news is scaring them away. That's great for us. That's great for us residents to keep those twinks out of here. We can't stand like Philadelphians. We learned that in the Super Bowl when they were here. Holy cow! What an intolerable bunch. The Kansas City people they're more than welcome, but I think you kind of like your city. Philadelphians always. I, I got to get out of here. I got to find a new way to live. But I heard they don't have no water. So the, the news is keeping them away. I, we, we have the, the, the little thing that's trumping it this morning is that tornado that touched down. And I think in again, they act like that's never happened before. Yeah. You live in a place called Tornado Alley. It's the summer. There's tornadoes. There's heat. There, we got it. Anyway, but it is hot and there's no denying that it's hot. But we knew that. And every year it causes trouble. 
119 today. That's excessive. Uh, so this water drive is more important than ever. And make sure it is. We're just not dying, dropping dead like people say we are on the news. But let the rest of America think that, and it'll keep them away from us. Someone sent me this. This is what they picture what Brett looks like, the, the restaurant in downtown. Yeah, uh, he kind of has that look about him. <laughs> he looks like a big beaver. The topo. <laughs> He's got Dig Dug face. He's being puffed up. You got to see this thing. If you're in the area, Broadway and rural, maybe it'll pop right when you're there, and you can get a whiff of that pus smell that's going to come out of Brett's face. Oh, it's going to be bad. He looks crazy. Uh, but go over there and help him out. And you know what? It's like having Caleb from Shriners out there. We've got somebody with a problem. He's trying to do something uh, charitable. He's water. It's a nice thing. So let's get on over there. Operation Hydration at Broadway and Rural. You can donate a case of water to help out Operation Hydration uh, for the Phoenix Rescue Mission. He's got Shinedown tickets. He's got Offspring tickets. Uh, good man doing good things for good people. And I also have to say thanks to one of our sponsors, Lawson Family Plumbing. Uh, I talked to Jill yesterday, and she's like, hey, Lawson dropped off a ton of water for the drive that they're sponsoring, which is, you know what, putting your money where your mouth is. So Lawson Plumbing, we thank you very much, Lawson nice. Family Plumbing. They, they didn't have to do that. They've done enough of just sponsoring it, and then they're like, you know what, we're involved in it. So if you've got the pipes and the problems, think of Lawson Family Plumbing because they're helping out locally, too. They're doing that community thing. So Lawson Family Plumbing, put that on top of your list if ever you need something because... They're good people. That turns out to be really decent human beings that are like, eh, we sponsored it. We kicked in already. And then to go above and beyond like that, I appreciate the hell out of that. Port of Subs does the same thing. Learner and Row always helping us out. So our sponsors not only sponsor this whole thing and help us get everything together, they're also participants, which is incredible. So thank you, Lawson Family Plumbing. I saw how much you dropped off, and it was outrageous. So it all goes to help. And that Phoenix Rescue Mission is busy right now helping out people who need it. Again, I'll say it a billion times till I'm blue in the face. Fifth largest city in America should never have people dying because they don't have water. You can die because of your own stuff. You're doing dumb things. That dude they brought into the ER the other day, they claimed that 110 temperature was also on heroin. That turns out later, at least according to somebody who emailed me. He said, I work in the hospital. We talked about the 110 guy. He was on heroin. He knocked himself cold fell asleep outside, and his core temperature rose up because he was blanked out on heroin. And now is now he's scrambled forever. Like, that, Gotta it be. was more the heroin than yeah. the heat. Yeah, because you can't come back from 110. But they're making yeah, it, and that but, was my buddy Mike knew about that, too. He, he's like, I heard about the guy that people's core temperatures are getting to 110. I'm like, person, and the news, uh, but yeah, you're right. Everybody, you're right. We walk outside, and our, our, we get fevers immediately to 110 degrees. You should all stay away. And come out here in November through March mm-hmm. uh, and spend your money on our golf courses. That's fine. But don't move here, for God's sakes. It's, it's, a, it's a death farm. Yeah, come out, pay 150 bucks around. Yeah, yeah, when it's most expensive, that's when you guys should come out. But leave it. Don't move here, Philadelphians. Remember how beautiful it was during the Super Bowl week? And we're like, I'm worried. Oh, yeah. These people are going to stay. The Grand Canyon looked glorious. Oh, the Philadelphians horrified me. Did anybody me. fall in that week? No. They were all hanging around here. That's right. They didn't even go up to the canyon. They were all hanging Fox around had down great here. Shots or whoever the this the place is beautiful. I'm staying. We're taking the whole family. We're starting over. <laughs> oh no, Philadelphians are. They were on their way. They bust our bells and eat all our cream cheese. <laughs> is that what they're going? That's for? all they did. That's all they're known Why for. Why can't we find any cream cheese? I said it then. I'll say it now. The three things were known. They were known for uh, the cruddy cream cheese. 
a broken bell, and giving Tom Hanks AIDS. That's the three things Philadelphia is known for. Top of mind. It was such a it's such a dump from inception to today that we moved capitals. It was like this place sucks. We need to build a new capital. We tried Philadelphia. Philadelphians ruined it. That's right. You just said DC's better. Yeah, DC <laughs> seems more reasonable. That little swamp over there is where we're gonna put all the important stuff. Where are you guys getting? We don't want to be around you. What are you talking about? Love it over here in Philly. Why do you want to move so bad? I'm not making the wages I should. <laughs> I work too hard. Moving out to Phoenix. And then we got to listen to you complain about how hot it is. You knew that moving in. It's too hot for you, Philadelphia. Bostonians are right there with them. Boston is Philly's slut sister. <laughs> like, Philly's the annoying girl you wouldn't date. Boston is the slut sister that tries to bang you every time she's drunk. Boston is the girl at the party that always takes her shirt off and has those giant nipples that are just gross. The only girl yeah, in the world that takes her shirt off and like, this party's over. Boston just took its shirt off. And Philly's like, gross! And she's already disgusting. She thinks her sisters, because those two cities go hand in hand. They are the evil stepsisters of American towns. New York takes its top off. You're like, I'm a little annoyed by you, but those are nice. You put together well. Yeah, you are you are slapped together beautifully. By the way, Philadelphia cream cheese created in yeah, New York. They don't even make it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't even care. But Philly claims it, and they eat it like it's, we invented the cream cheese. And some cheese Whiz for disgusting giant sandwiches. Made with real Philly water. Slap the name Philly on it. Because they didn't think anyone would eat it. Right. Like, fool these rubes into thinking they did something good. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, so keep that heat story going on the east because, my God, it's keeping them away. At least keeps them from moving here. John, don't get me started. Don't forget that fake effing Rocky statue that yeah. you're not supposed to have there. Right. <laughs> Look, Rocky loved Philadelphia so much he had a Brooklyn accent and a dog named after the best middle linebacker the Bears have ever had. <laughs> he hated Philadelphia. Hey, yo, you know I'm not from Philly, but I got an accent from somewhere else because, you know, Nobody would come to a movie where Rocky talked. Oh, hey, give me some more water. This Apollo is a bad man. I don't want to watch this guy win the heavyweight championship. I'm, I'm rooting for the Russian. I've seen a lot of changing going on around here. And if I can change, you can change. Now, get me a cup of water and some cheese Whiz. Bring the Brooklyn guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Just do a Brooklyn accent. Nobody's going to buy this Philly guy. Uh, anyway, go see Brett. Immediately, and just for your own satisfaction, and drop off some water just because of, I got to hand it to him. He didn't have to be here today. If I look like that, I just stayed home. <laughs> he's a brave man. He's a good man. Uh, go see Brett at Broadway and Rural this morning. That's a good thing. And he'll be out to us. And Lawson Family Plumbing, we can't thank you enough. Uh, that was really nice of them. So, I actually just got an email from a guy that said uh, uh, Lawson is uh, actually really good at what they do. I'm a. I use them all the time for my oldest F house in Tempe. Nice. <laughs> there you are. There you go. Testimonials even from Lawson Family Plumbing. Help us out. Uh, did you guys see the DeAndre Ayton news is pouring out all over, which I love? Oh, yeah. Suddenly. He's feeling the see heat. his entire quote? Feeling the heat. He felt like a depressed kid in the high hate, school. man. Okay. You know what, DeAndre Ayton? This made it worse. F*** you hard. Oh, I agree, but it's like, well, Back come in the on, playoffs man. when people are like, this not, looks like you're kind of disengaged. I don't hear it. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm dominating. Like, he had arrogance and attitude about how good he was, and he didn't need to hear it. Now he's coming out going, I hear the whole world hating me. I think, the, uh, you know, in a way, I'm the guy everybody's pointing at. I see it, and I feel it. He told the uh, Eyewitness News Bahamas. 
So he's over there in the Bahamas. And and to credit to him, here, right? Look, no, no, no. If he's if he's in the Bahamas right now working out, then without question, by comparison, he's dominating. He's the hardest working man in the Bahamas. If he's working at all. Nobody needs to do much in the Bahamas, but lay around. It's a great place to be lazy. So if you start putting forth an effort, you got to feel like, man, I'm, I've got more motivation than anybody ever right. because relatively in the Bahamas you do. So he says, I see it and I feel it. Mainly what I've been working at five, six days a week since we lost is motivating myself to change the narrative of what people think about me. Because no matter how you put it, I feel like I have no fans. I can feel it because the whole world's saying it. My goal is this summer to change that. Just unlock whatever it is and completely focus on me and change the whole thing. You, you mean when you signed that $30 million a year deal with the right. Suns, that didn't motivate you to be better every day? Nah, man. Did nah, Rocky man. go to the Bahamas to train? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was it, would it have been a good movie? <laughs> hey, yo, I got to fight this badass Russian. We should probably go to a real relaxed beach or maybe even, I don't know, Atlantis. They did what jog are you on the doing? Beach. No, they they did jog on the beach in Rocky too, and that's when Apollo's like, "What's wrong with you, man?" Because right. Apollo was self motivated; he could do it anywhere. Apollo was working out at Disneyland; he was motivated. Rocky lost his motivation; need Apollo to get him back on the and took him to old school training. And then Duke realized this guy needs to be in a barn in Siberia to make it work. <laughs> Nobody ever takes you to the Bahamas to get you motivated to try harder. It's a place you go to to shut down. And people from the Bahamas show up thinking they're full of energy, and then they realize, I live a slow life. I'm, I'm an island guy. Island people love two things, weed, mangoes. The third thing is sleeping. DeAndre Ayton, video games, mangoes, and weed. And we took two away from him last year, like he's playing too many video games. You're going to make him mad. Then he's going to try less. The only way to motivate DeAndre Ayton is to drug test him every day. And then build a hat where just out of his reach is a giant blunt, like a string and a fishing pole, and he's just got to run hard. He'll never get the basketball or make the basketball smell like weed and mangoes. Then he'll do it. Like rub the ball in mango juice and pot, and DeAndre Ayton will be the greatest player that's ever played the game. But until they Every do that, loose ball. here's the problem in the NBA. That thing smells too much like pot. There's going to be a lot of fighting on that court because those boys are going to be rocking it. I just I, I have no respect for anybody who says I, I I don't have any fans out there. Yeah, could, we've been trying to say it nicely for a long time. Hey, dude, you're not really progressing. You seem to be the weak link. You were a number one draft pick. Are you ever going to take that next step to where we don't make memes of you standing out of bounds watching Joker right. rebound three in a row and you're you're not involved? And then have the nerve to tell us after that game, I was dominating. Maybe thought it was like football. Once you step out of bounds, you're not allowed back in the field. Of play. Yeah, yeah, I can't be the first one to touch it. <laughs> if he's that heady, <laughs> he's playing the wrong game. Wasn't sure. I don't know the rules. Then is what he's saying. I don't know, really know the rules of basketball. Yeah, he's the DeAndre Aiden, and I'm going to try as hard as I can to get that. What's it called? Championship trophy? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you don't even get out of here with this. Now, I hope he actually can self-motivate, but I've not seen too many. Tim Duncan was the only Islander that was just so great at what he did. He never came across as a dude that was really just flying around either. He just was meticulous in thought. And didn't like, they matriculate well, they, him to the states though early, Duncan? Duncan, yeah, he was there. He didn't have a lot of influence. Of the he was Islanders. the first AI though to win a championship. He was. That's true. They did invent him in a lab. That is true. And it was a lab. You know, I think he's. I don't remember where he's from. But. 
Trinidad Tobago. I don't know. I don't remember, but I know he's an Islander. And now you look at him, and he's an MMA fighter, which is crazy weird to see. Tim Duncan, the dude, loves MMA, what? and he's doing old man <laughs> MMA fights. Yeah, I don't get it either. He, How do you find he's like the Kareem? Of, he's the opposite of yeah. Well, Kareem got into that judo and karate, but I don't think he ever fought anybody. I think he just stood and posed. A Only lot. in a movie. Yeah, he did a lot of the gi posing. I mean, you make a gi that big, you got to use it. John Holmberg's morning sickness, the ninety-eight KUPD. Holmberg's morning sickness. Aiden, I hear the whole world hating me. We've been hating you for a long time. Where was this uh, incredible? auditory skill when we actually hated you during the season. You, get, you hear us in the summer hating you? Nobody's been hating you for two months. We've been talking about the Suns. And he comes out in the middle of July. Yeah, I know. Things are rough. I'm like, no, they were. We're kind of over it. Start over. Talk about this in October. I'm busting my ass to be a 25-point-a-night guy who's getting three or four blocks. I'm not going to get run over anymore. That's what I want to hear him say. I, I watch the tape. I get run over a lot. I play like a pansy. That's what I want to hear, not boo-hoo, woe is me, that the world hates me. The mango stops here. You should hate yourself. You should be motivated because you're not happy with the way you played, not because people told you you're not good enough. That tells me more about your brain than anything else. Oh, people don't like me? I got to change. No, you shouldn't be satisfied with this. You should say, I got to change for myself. I don't like me right now. I see what you see. Kyler Murray's another one. Yeah. Kyler Murray's another one blames everybody else. Babies, they're just infants. So much that he got Kyman to come out of the, uh, get on a podcast. Every time, by the way, Steve Kyman, if you're listening, every time you're in a bar, someone sends me a picture of it. Right. I've got 10 or 12 pictures right now yeah. of Steve Kyman bars. One was in Payson, and he was lit. <laughs> he, whatever he did for rehabbing back in uh, December, he like Didn't one of take. Those, joke beers in front of him that looked like it was about 48 ounces. Hilarious. Das Boot. Every time you're in a bar, someone sends me a photo. And I giggle at it every time. And how does that work as that bartender? Uh, and you know what's, what's funny? Name? I'll see if I can find George? I get one right here. The best thing is, is that he's always looking directly at the person photograph. I saw that, the one you sent us. I was <laughs> like, he knows. Always like, oh, crap. He knows. They got me. Like, he's always looking directly at the camera. I love the photo of him. Who are you with? TMZ, Daily Mail? Yeah, Who are you with? Great. The <laughs> Republic. What are we up to here? Yeah, but he's all, oh, man, I can't find it. It's such a great shot because you can see how disappointed he is that he's been busted. There that it Paula is. Bovin, I, <laughs> There's that big beaver. <laughs> hey, what are yep, you taking pictures yep, of me exactly. for? Because you're drinking a joke beer. I thought you went to rehab. Oh, that's why they couldn't fire you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got better. Sports in this town's in some odd, some odd shape. We said it at the time that that was a that was an Italian retirement for, Is that, for yeah. Steve Kime. <laughs> kind so of. here's what's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to retire and walk away. They told him how it's all going to work to not embarrass you. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to a facility. Mm-hmm. You're having a breakdown. Mm-hmm. It turns out, and then it turns out we're not going to pay you no more. If you don't want to have a breakdown, you're going to meet with an accident. <laughs> he got yeah. He got tuned up like Brett. Yeah. Anyway. And I don't know if you guys are following the Tupac story, but they got him. Right. What's going on Okay, there? They're so, waiting for the rest of the information to so, come down. Well, the rest of the So this investigation. guy sat on stuff for no. this long? That's the funny part. Because I'm watching. Go, Ooh, they finally got Tupac's murderer. And then uh, his name's Keith something. Keith G or whatever. So then they showed an a interview with him 20 years ago. Saying he did it. I was in the car. My nephew shot him. 
Oh yeah, we're gonna get to the bottom of this, and then they surround his house, and he's basically like, "I was in. I told you guys this the whole time." He's a former Crip or whatever the opposite of Tupac right, was. Right. I think it was Crip, and he's with his girlfriend. I thought that was the East Coast West Coast battle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't I'm, keep up with that. I'm stuff. white. I've avoided that my whole life. Right. Yeah, my mayonnaise ass doesn't know East Coast <laughs> West white. Coast battles. I just know to stay away from those rap shows. I just know the CDs were fun to listen to. I loved them, but I was a little hesitant to roll out to the big festivals. No. You didn't have one of those uh, uh, aftermarket, you know, bass modules in your back seat that rattled all the windows? Sure, I still have that, but oh, do? I don't take, I'm not rolling over to the, uh, oh, you, you know, know the, ones I the Puff Daddy versus, oh, that, uh, that, you know, that. Tupac concerts at the Diggie time. And I kept it in, in-house. in I didn't go you to You knew Biggie and Dre? Yeah. I wasn't going to fit in. And I was worried about it. Source Awards, if I had tickets to those, I'd have sold them. I'm not going to any of that stuff. Maybe now, but not then. But the dude that, that they arrested, they surrounded his house, and they're like, they're waiting for search warrants, and this dude has several interviews. I was in the passenger seat. My nephew's the one what shot him. And then they replayed the interview on the news that they're like, they think they have the guy who knows more than he's been letting. He's been telling you the whole time. The interview I saw was 15 years old. I was in the passenger seat. Tupac reached for a gun. I'm like, that's the guy. I'm like, what year did 2007? He's been telling you this the whole time. We're going to find who did this. It's my nephew. Yeah, yeah. We'll see about all that. We can't just believe you. And 25 years later, they surround this guy's house going, all right, come out with your hands up. It's like, I've been talking to you guys about this the whole time. We think you might have had something to do with the Tupac thing. Uh, I told you I did. I was in the car. Ah, this murder's nearly impossible to solve. <laughs> yeah, li- like literally the, the video where he's talking to Keith D is his name on Tupac. Orlando Anderson. He's given names. My uh, Orlando Anderson, that is my, my nephew. He's one what shot Tupac like eight times. Was there a gun involved? Yeah, it was my nephew. He did that. He shot Tupac. Me saying shot eight times. Tell me about tell me about how it happened. He pointed his gun at Tupac and shot him eight times. Then what? Then we drove away real fast. I was nervous about it. All right, all right. Well, you've given us nothing. Yeah, the, the interview that I watched, this dude is just confessing. And now 25 years later, they're like, all right. But his girlfriend came out of the house, and the, they had it all on TV yesterday, too. Uh, on, there's some videos of the whole surrounding the house. They had cop cars and SWAT teams and all sorts of stuff. And uh, his girlfriend, Paula Clemens, comes out. She's smoking. Like, put your cigarettes down. We're pretty sure we're on to something. Walk towards it. And then he comes out with his hands up. Like, all right, turn. I told you about this a long time ago. My nephew, Orlando Anderson, shot Tupac. All right, all right. Who's the cop here? So, who knows what's going on? But they were in a house in Henderson. He stayed in Vegas the whole time. I know if I'd have shot Tupac, I wouldn't stayed be living in Vegas, at the bought con- a house, had, a, yeah. had like a business. In 25 years, like I, I tried to tell him, I guess I'll just move on with life. The neighbors were like, they've always been super sweet. He's the guy what shot Tupac. Yeah, yeah, he tells us every day. <laughs> neighbors like, oh yeah, he the guy. tells guys, us some stories. Well, tell us about your neighbors. Oh, he shot Tupac. He was in the car. What else do you know about him? He seems super nice. He's uh, outside all the time. He's, he keeps his yard beautiful. It's, he's a good dude. I had ribs with him. Does he ever mention Tupac? I just told you. He was in the car when he shot him. 
Yeah, I don't know if I have enough to go on here. They were there for two hours searching his, his computer and then came back a few days later. All right, now we've got him. Because they found a myriad of emails and interviews that they'd done where this guy had met. I was there. I saw the whole thing. It's a weird story. I, I, uh, it took me two seconds. I pulled up the interview right there. It basically says, yeah, Keith D., full interview. I was there when we shot Tupac. <laughs> and they're doing celebrations. The murder is finally possibly solved. Okay. Didn't we? We knew this. It's not like that dude that pretended to kill John Benet Ramsey and Sheriff Joe for some reason hopped on a plane and picked him up in Korea and brought him back. And he turns out the dude was like four when it happened. Nobody looked into anything. You can't, there's, that's the crazy thing about police work, especially high profile murders. How many people confess to it that didn't do it, which is really weird. Uh, I, when I took that criminal investigations class, that was like, as police, we don't give you all the information because we're going to get a ton of nutbags calling up trying to be that guy. Isn't it, um, I mean, in, isn't there a percentage of that they've been breaking them down for so long, like 24 hours where they're up all night and they found Oh, yeah. They confess just all right, to I did it. tell you what, if I... T- Fatigue. Well, that's the good cop back. If you just tell us what we want to hear, you're not in trouble. Yeah. And that's when you can get in big trouble because they're just like, all right, if I just confess to this. I've seen that in a couple of those documentaries. Yeah, you'll let me go. But this wasn't the case. This dude's just sitting in a room. I I was there. I ducked down. I was I was part of it. We thought Tupac was going to shoot at us. I don't know what kind of gang war that was. And I know Tupac went to like a performing arts school in Maryland. I, how thug life was he? I don't know. I think it came later. Juilliard, didn't he? I think he was. That's, it was another one. A Juilliard like yeah, yeah. he might have gone there too, but he like the one he was at when he was in the sweaters with all the white kids doing grease. And you're like this this Tupac character. His mom had him on a plan. She was a oh yeah Black she, Panther, right? Well, he had some ties back yeah. to like some. Well, I just meant that she's or she knew that she wanted a better life for him, and she was giving it to him. Yeah, and then he moved to L.A. and then became the character. John East Coast, West Coast, try that in my town. That's why God made airplanes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Jason Aldean says, stay away from that East Coast, West Coast nonsense. You try that in my town. You shoot Tupac in my town, see how long you last down the road. And, yeah, that's why God invented airplanes, to get you away from the scene of the crime. Very rarely do you murder a high-profile person and then buy a place a few miles away. This guy's been admitting it. He's basically Sammy the Bull. Remember Sammy the Bull? Just when I'm Sammy the Bull. Like, you can't say that. Right. I just did. And then everybody was taken aback by the admission. And then we all interviewed him. Oh, Sammy, tell us. And he's like, I've told you already. You know me. And the rebuttal was Biggie, right? Uh, the shooting? Yeah, well, yeah, there was some, some fight back. And, and is that still uh, unsolved as well? Or did they get I think Biggie's it is unsolved. Ball? I don't think they got Biggie's murderer. Ask this dude. Ask Keith D. He knows. He's been telling everybody everything. I've never seen this before. I didn't know Keith D. has been admitting that he's been in. Or that he knew the whole time. Right. Because he's saying it's his. It's his nephew. He's been throwing names out. (laughs) Rex remembers everything we've ever done. He goes, this must be the work of Detective Sarah. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. (laughs) Detective Detective Sarah's 20 years old. Older than the Tupac murder, almost, Detective Sarah. Uh, let's not have another talking to about that. That was great. We had to, we got yelled at by the police for making fun of the girl cop. Because it was in the paper. Detective Sarah was looking into it. 
Guy shot himself in the ass. And she was in, they put her in charge of the investigation. I'm looking deep, chief. <laughs> I've got yeah, you it. do that. We're looking for foul play. Tell me again what happened. I was trying to put my gun in my pocket. It went off. I shot myself in the ass. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> Were there any other assailants? I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Aha! I'll find the clues. All right, Scooby Dunn, get out of my house. I'm the we all know. I, I shot myself in the ass. There seems to be more to this story. You're an idiot. You're over-detecting. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't get it. And then, I didn't know, because it's always been like this mystery. Who shot Tupac and all that? This dude's been talking about it forever. Well, whether it's, he might be lying about it, but he kind of calmed down, like, yeah, nobody believes me. I'll tell you if you ask, but I'm not going out of my way anymore. But I, I, I looked at two interviews yesterday online. This dude's been barking about this for 25 years. <laughs> we'll go in and get his laptop. We'll see if he's telling the truth about the murders he's admitting to. Anyway. And a guy emails me and says, by the way, all the controversy for Jason Aldean's, Aldean's song, it's like skyrocketed, number one. It came out in of May. Of course. It's huge. Because everybody's giving it a listen. I still think it's one of the dumbest songs I've ever heard because it's a country song. Next to his other song, that's why God invented airplanes. <laughs> if it was a really good song, the heat would have been so much different. You think? It's the same thing yeah. that happened to Morgan Wallen. He shot yeah. up to number one, too, with all After that. After his N-word thing. He dropped the M-bomb. His album goes to number one for, like, weeks. Yeah. So the lesson, John, is? Country music is racist. Number I've one. always known that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be more racist and you'll be number one. America will buy it. I hear that uh, Jason Aldean did a song right in front of a place that used to hang blacks. Got me curious, so I went on iTunes and I bought three of them. Oh. I got a mural of that courthouse. Yeah, I got a courthouse. I've been taking photos of that glorious locale for a long time. Jason Aldean just made it famous. Er. Trump's going to be walking out to that yeah. song <laughs> yeah. off the plane. Try yeah. that in my small town. You know, I'm known as a small town guy, Brady. I love the little towns. He gets off and just goes back to the plane. That's why God made it. Yeah, airplane. that's exactly right. That's why God and I made the Trump airline. That's right. God, I, he didn't do it all. Let's be honest. I helped. He didn't have the funding. I could get that. I love small towns, Brady. Every time I fly over America, I look down at them. It's a wonderful thing. They're there, and I know it. I bought a few. On my way from New York to Mar-a-Lago, which is its own, in its own way, a small town. I employ over 500 people. It's like a very little town. I don't like to leave it. And you try that in my small town, Mar-a-Lago. You'll get drugged around, too. <laughs> yeah. Trump's going to embrace Jason Aldean fans. Trump understands. You know, I'm a huge Aldean fan. Always have been, always will be. That's why God invented aeroplanes. You know, I know the lyrics. I know them all. Great song. I, it's like I almost wrote it myself. It seems like when he talks, he's just talking about my life. Between You know, not trusting that my Silverado will get me from A to B. Trumperado? Yeah, my Trumperado. <laughs> it's a subterranean super vehicle, but you don't know about it. It's just sometimes I worry about if I have, if I have enough cash for gas. When I'm trying to get that special lady to go grab her by the but she moved away. And that's why God invented airplanes, so I can fly to her and then grab her by the p That's the way. Yeah, Al Dean's song is Gangbusters, which has to piss off everybody who goes, hey, this song has some odd imagery in the video. And the CMT awards are coming up, but they already taped them. And they have the video playing in the back, and they're right, going to cut that out. Right. John, wait I a minute. I've been listening good. long enough, and I thought from listening to the show that Biggie, Tupac, and B. Arthur are on an island somewhere. Right, yep. 
<laughs> yep, it's B. Arthur's being Eiffel Towered by Biggie and Tupac <laughs> while Elvis films. <laughs> We and John Benet. We could have lost one on the island. John Benet's there, too? John Benet's servant. When did we put her on the island? She was six. She was six years old. It was in the mid-90s. You might have heard about it. Sorry, little girl. <laughs> You've been drawn for the island. We have to dummy up a big murder and put you on an island. Yeah, Biggie and Tupac are... Who knows, but it's just such a strange thing. John Holmberg's morning sickness. The 98. Holmberg's morning sickness. I, I don't understand how you can have a guy admitting to a murder this long. Or at least admitting to have been there. And then they kept saying, we have no witnesses. There are no. It was the lo- like Chris Roxell joke. It was the Las Vegas Strip right. on a Friday right. or Saturday night. Under the canopy of the MGM, And right? no one saw it. I don't know where it happened. I just know it was like on the Strip. I thought it was in that turnaround where... The, I don't think it was there. I don't remember. I, I think it was somewhere up the, in the middle of the road, but yeah, I don't corner. remember where it was. Either way, if you're right, if it's on the strip, yeah. eyeballs everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Gunshots are going to draw attention. Seen that car shot up. Definitely would have. Uh, it was outside. There'd on be the people strip. seeing and hearing that. I witnessed everything. The strip. Well, the last couple, what was it, three or four trips ago, I'm on there, and I saw a man. In a sexy, like, girl outfit that could barely walk. And it was across the street. Like, you can't miss the crazy stuff that goes on on that strip. It's constant. And if gunshots rang out, I'm going to hit the deck. But, I mean, I'm going to know exactly where that came from, the cars that were involved. Like, there's going to be somebody nearby. You can identify. And there's cameras everywhere. Maybe not in 97, but still. But you didn't need any of that. You had a dude in the car shooting Tupac telling people, yeah, with my nephew, we did that. Okay. We'll get back to you in 25 years. I don't get it. A known former gang member, Keith D, has been admitting to this for almost a quarter century. We just didn't buy it. He's a gang member. They lie about things. I don't know the murder. So this says... Where was uh, it? uh, Near Flamingo Road and Colval Lane in Las Vegas. So you're just across the street from... It is close to the MGM. Yeah. It's down the road. But they have that big field. So but still. Just off the strip. Okay, just off the strip. So there wasn't as much foot traffic. On I thought Flamingo it was Road. Closer to it. But you yeah. still, you got some peeps. Further up, further up from the There's MGM, definitely yeah. cars nearby. Yep. I think it was after a fight, too. So there was like people was after driving away. Match, yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand anything. I just know I think we nabbed him. We got him. Crazy. Anyway, what are you going to do? Uh, we're going to talk to Brett in a little bit. Hopefully, Bruce Selden and Mike Tyson. Oh, Selden Tyson fight. So it sold out, but Is it was that a good one. Like an eight minute fight. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about that one. The Selden Tyson fight is not one that goes down, and uh, you know they're not rolling that That's one. out. It's not one for lore. Uh, it's not on tomato a can. Not on a loop at the Boxing Hall of Fame. Selden was okay, but he, he's no tomato can. He got us. He, he earned his. That was when heavyweight boxing was horrible. Was this and after Mike, Douglas or before Douglas? The way after. That's what I thought. Yeah, Mike was on his on like his comeback. Not really very good comeback thing, but he was back. He just he pretty much just come back from prison and all that. It was, and he looked the part, but he was not the same guy. Two in the chest, one in the arm, and one in the thigh. And he got blown up. Went into a coma for three days, remember? He died six days later, yeah. yeah. Tupac watch. And in the meantime, that guy's just on the news every night. I shot him. <laughs> my, ne- my nephew and I did this. All right, we'll find out who did this later. You're a liar, gang member. That's what it is. People were saying, Toledo, you're thinking of the last photo of Tupac was That's in right. the turnaround of the MGM. Coming out of the MGM. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, they got them, so we can sleep easier. Hey, everybody, I just uh, want to pop back. Hey. Yours truly, O.J. Simpson. What Turns are you out, doing in 96? Well, well, I just wanted to clear up that I killed Nicole, and oh, I've been what? saying so for a long time. I am the real killer, and I don't know why I've never been on trial for it. Almost as if you wrote a book. It is. I did it. <laughs> I wrote a book called If I Did It. And, uh, so if we're solving 90s crimes, I'd like to just put the brakes on that for a second. Happy 29th anniversary, OJ. Is this the 29th anniversary you, you get arrested? Up, uh, it's 29 years uh, ago on this day. You put up 500000 reward to That's capture right. the That's still fella. a good chunk of change, Brady. Wow. And now that we're solving all the 90s murders, I would like to just up that up to 525. I think that's time. We little inflation. Thanks, Joe Biden. <laughs> Come on. We're going to find him, Juice. Uh, someday, before, hopefully before I go, you'll find me. I mean the killer. All right. Just saying. So long. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, but it's crazy. Uh, what do you got on the big board of musical treats today? All right, let's, let me get back over to the page here. Uh, it's brought to you by our friends at Action Ride Shop over there in Mesa, corner of Gilbert and Southern. Go see Josh and the boys if you need anything done with your mountain bike or if you're looking to upgrade your mountain bike, head on over there. And uh would have been his birthday. birthday. Oh, that's right. You share a birthday with Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah. And the death day Chester with, Bennington. with Chester Bennington. Bennington yeah. That's right. Because Chester decided to do it, apparently, because On of, Chris Cornell's yeah. birthday. Yeah. In tribute, somehow. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, all right. On the list, we've got Where's the Weed At from the Cottonmouth Kings. <laughs> <laughs> I know who's that for. Yep. I don't. I do. You don't want to know, but you know. Man, her uh, face. Brady, you got to do some digging, because that face was... All about catching a teenager who's at least adjacent to it. Uh, not worried. I, I don't be worried because it's not a bad thing. Just be a responsible stoner. <laughs> That's right. So you're going to let her do it. What, hold on. What does being a responsible stoner look like to Get you? Get your homework done. Okay. Do your chores. Keep okay. it off my desk is Keep what you're saying. Keep it off my yeah. desk. You Smoke say all you want. Keep I it off my desk. I said the exact same thing. I'm like, if you get on a roll, I could give an F what you do on, yeah. on your downtime. Yeah. And his eyes kind of lit up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Get your job done. You can do what you want. Don't embarrass me. Right. Smoke all you want. Right. Yeah, get me the A's. Make sure that uh, it's not affecting anything else. But So Brady's just basically saying, I'll turn a blind eye to this thing so long as I can't see it. That's good parenting. <sighs> Smoke like crazy kid. Not the former DJ. Smoke <laughs> like crazy, comma, kid. Just get good And I'm not, and you know, but I'm not worried about it right now. I don't... Man, I know I you got that eyes. look yesterday. Oh, I got that. She look. knows about it. Oh, she but. does. All right. <laughs> oh, does. And she. I know she's coming into those years where you're going to have those opportunities. Yeah, that's right. You should make go, good choices. You should put a wig on and like a crazy yeah. bartender mustache and go sit at the back of Oppenheimer and listen to the weed talk. I'd be. A you little, got me. Yeah. Worried the end of Alex's freshman year when. Yeah. I, when, I think it's different. I mean, a little bit different from. You're hoping it's well, different. Yeah. It's not. You're hoping it's different. It's not. It's not. The I'm reason dudes you. smoke weed is to impress the chicks that have weed. Yep. They just like weed. Teenagers love it. Especially because they're not supposed to. And those vape pens have made it a cakewalk. Oh, that's it's crazy. I told yeah. him, I said, I'd rather have you smoke the actual fire than put yeah. the vape juice in there. Yeah. The reason is because of our former co-worker who used to mix up vape juice in his garage. Yeah, that and the fact that it'll blow up in your pocket. Exactly. If I had vape pens in high school, I'd have probably started smoking weed. I stayed away from weed because I don't like smoking. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like the fire part. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a weirder feeling to vape. Like if they I had edibles once, back then. Oh, they had edibles. edibles. <laughs> you'd, you'd, have been been you'd, be you'd have overdosed on pot. <laughs> the only known case of just a complete Narcan situation for Brady because he ate 7,000 gummies. What happened, Brady? They're so good. You can't just crunch one. <laughs> yeah, if they made potato chips out of weed, bye, Brady. Goodbye. I'm going to the Magic Kingdom and I ain't never coming back. Uh, lots on here for Brett still. A lot for uh, Chris Cornell's birthday. Yeah, let's um, celebrate that. Okay, lot, yeah, there, people are requesting birth ritual, obviously. There, there you go. Take it. That's the one? That's the All one. Right. Birth ritual is one of my favorite Soundgarden songs, if not my favorite. I love it. His voice is in full throat on this one, too. Great stuff. And how old would have uh, Chris been? 60? Had to be close. 59. 59. Yep. Right, yeah. Man, oh, man. Yeah, Soundgarden. Fifty nine. It's so how, weird that when Chester did he die? Bennington thing. Um, how long? Twenty seventeen. Seventeen. Man, flying by. And then Bennington a year later did himself I on this date. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was one year after on July twentieth. Also, this is a. Isn't this when we landed on the moon? Um, got a couple of things. Uh, I was looking at the Bennington six years ago. Twenty. So he did it this. He did it one year later. Well, it was the tail. It was the same year. It said. Uh, oh, was it? Cornell. Was it? So Cornell died in like March, and then he killed himself just a couple months later. I thought it was a whole year after. No, it was in 2017. So whatever the yeah. date it was. Um, and yes, it was the day we landed on the moon. I was one year yeah, old. Yeah, you were one. Right? Sixty nine. Right. All right. How about that? Anyway, this song is so good it doesn't matter. So this one's for Chris Cornell and his incredible sound. And, so uh, tonight at 10.56 p.m. is when they made their first steps on the moon. So you can celebrate. Our time, that. East Coast, when? It was, yeah, East Coast. East so Coast it'd be, uh, no, it's all the same time, John. <laughs> That's right. Well, the moon was the same time. Right. They don't have time there. So 7.56, our time, 8 o'clock about. Neil Armstrong faked walking on the moon. Just to piss people off, I said that. And buzz. Yep. One giant step for man. One giant leap. For the Meanwhile, movie studio that did this. The forgotten astronaut, Michael Collins, yep. stayed in orbit. Just hanging around. Because he had to work the camera for uh, Cecil B. DeMille, who was filming the whole thing over there in Burbank. Fifty years ago, uh, on this day, Bruce Lee passed away. Wow. It's a big day. It was how many years ago? Fifty-four? Fifty-four. I'm fifty-five, yeah. Fifty-five years ago, that your last time you saw your dad. No, <laughs> you didn't even eyeball him. him. You never. He wasn't even there for no, day one. He, he bounced before I was born. No kidding. I thought my he was mom, like no, birthday. My, my mom basically kind of drug him out to the local diner and basically said, "All right, so I'm pregnant, and I need to know now if you want to be involved or not." And he was like, "Uh, I got somebody on the side." By the way, I just gonna, invented auto start. Bang! She's going to be pregnant in about a year too. So. Uh, I'm I gotta take a call. I don't know if you heard it or not over the roar of the engine. I'm, I'm. Pre- oh God, that was fast. He's gone. Yeah, he. To my knowledge, he didn't see me. He's never in seen person you. until seventh grade when it when he came to the door. And you saw him, and he saw you, and you're like, ooh. Uh, well, I didn't know it was him at the time. And you had that Salisbury steak juice all over your mouth. Who oh, are you? Deep in my Swansons. Yeah. <laughs> you should try Salisbury steak in your new uni pizza. And so when he came to the door ooh. in seventh grade, that was. Uh, so turns out that uh, he'd been he'd been hitting my mom up for booty calls the whole time while he was married because my mom when I was in seventh grade was only like twenty nine thirty 
So she, he was still hitting her up, and they he convinced her to go out to dinner one night. So came to the door. I answered the door while she was getting ready, and I, I she there said that, he was. She said a friend from high school, which he was, and they were going to go out yeah. to dinner. And I met. I remember in seventh grade, I was I was eye to eye with him. He was, he was short. short. No kidding. And so he he just said, "Yeah, I'm here to meet your mom." And so I was like, "Oh yeah, come on in." And I went up to my room. The did next he touch day. you, or did he like nope. dodge you, like like nope. you, like you were poisoned? Didn't, didn't give me the once over. Didn't didn't do anything. Go get your mother. Wow. The next yeah. morning, eating so, my Cheerios, and she goes, "Hey, you know that dad. that guy you met last night? That was your father." So and I'm for like, seven okay, years, gotta go. Was she taking him up on the booty calls? Probably here and there. She see, my mom's getting later in life, and so a lot of the revelations are coming out. She's, she's like, "Fasten up." Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, there was time. I was boning your but dad remember, behind your back. My, remember, my mom was with was with Morris too. The man. Yeah, oh yeah, she had Morris, the married yeah. guy too. But she was boning your dad behind your back. She couldn't let you know. So right. she's basically uh, kind of having an affair on you with your right. father. Right. Like, don't tell the boy. Right. And, and what Morris, a story. The guy was being more of a father. No, no, Morris okay. was trying to. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. hated Morris. But Morris, Morris was, was very busy asshole. with his original film. Yes. Yeah, but he would still try he to... combine a discipline Toledo yeah. and then bang his mother. Yeah. I want to help out a little bit. I mean, Sometimes he wouldn't come by and discipline you. You're just sitting in your room thinking that something's coming and he'd never show up. Horrible things are going to happen to your mama tonight because of you, boy. <laughs> you're going to hear some sounds coming out of that bedroom you are not going to be happy with. And that's because you're a bad little boy. Quarter-inch leather belt. Morris, no, he's okay. You take that, lady. <laughs> but she, when she said uh, this, that was your father, the guy you met last night. You just uh, at that time, it's just like, oh, okay, that, okay, got to go yeah. to school, got to go catch the bus. Like it, it didn't register. You didn't. Yeah, you, you, it's like being born blind. You didn't he know. Wasn't around it. You know, so many 12. years. I was yeah. twelve. Man, oh, man, what what does that mean? The curiosity's not there because you don't. Nope. You were born blind. You yeah. didn't ever have a kid, dad. So it's had, like, well, I don't my, know what they well, do. It's like, I had my uncle and my family, and, and that, was, that was it. Morris, Morris and his family? Dickhead Morris. <laughs> what a story. Why aren't you penning the book? Actually, that was right after my mom had ditched Morris in, when I was in seventh grade. You should write a book called Happy Bastard. <laughs> and just tell Obliv- the story. Oblivious Bastard. Oblivious Bastard. <laughs> and just tell the story of, like, you guys aren't going to buy into this. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. Well, happy birthday to you. So... So this he didn't he wasn't even there for your birth. No, as far as you know. No, no, he like definitely he was, sure was not, not there. there. He, we, I was born in Wyoming. He oh, was okay. in Three Forks, Montana. Do you suppose he gave her a gift at all? <laughs> if he kept, other than me, no. no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, as, if he's still coming around for booty calls for that sweet, sweet magical poon. Well, but that was <laughs> yeah. years he's later. Be, so oh, I, so there was a break. I, I, well, we were so when I was born, we were in, we were living in Wyoming. My mom was going to secretarial school. When she finished that, we went to uh, Spokane so that she could go to uh, accounting school. Oh. And so we weren't back in my hometown of Three Forks for a little while until I was probably two or three. Okay. So yeah, so two or three year break. Do you remember answering the phone a lot when you were a kid and hearing? Is that what that was? Yeah, hang on, I'll get her. Can I ask who's calling? Oh, it's your best friend, uh, uh, Teresa. Just go get your mother. <laughs> Mom, Teresa's on the phone. Are you going out with Teresa Hello? again? God damn it, I told you not to let him answer the phone. <laughs> Hello, pretty lady. <laughs> Hello there, pretty mama. I'm going to take your mama out and show what time's real good that time. man leaving the house so I can come over and give you what's good for a honeypot? Which one, my son or Morris? Uh, Morris is here right now. I don't care about no Morris. He can watch. <laughs> Where's the boy? He's leaving for school. I'll be over. God damn it, I'm here. Now I say Toledo. <laughs> it's Morris. I'm picturing like oh, Foghorn Leghorn. His, his, uh, I, I, oh, 
just wish there was a ring camera on when you answered the door oh, and he was man. there with flowers to bang your mom. Go get your mother. And I made this some potato chips or something yeah. watching TV. Sup, bro? Oh, I think I was God. watching Solid Gold, actually. Of course you were. It was, everybody was in the 80s. Halfway through that Salisbury Absolutely. steak. Yeah, it's just crushing Salisbury, watching a little Dionne Warwick <laughs> tell you what was the hits of the day. <laughs> Meanwhile, you don't even know it. Your biological dad's just half bonered up for your mom's dinner date. Unbelievable. And I bet she got in the car that, woof, that was a close one. He eyeballed me. <laughs> Crazy. What a story. Toledo's life. Unbelievable. And it started on this day. A long, 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 long. Well, long it started time. nine months before John, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. It's, well, it started way before that. If you really want to get technical, but nine months when ago, they were still in high school. Nine or so months ago, <laughs> that little you know dribble in his khakis turned right. out to be you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just a speckle of of glop on his yep. on his underpants yep. that turned out to be a Toledo boy. Ooh, what is this? <laughs> you were a twinkle in your father's underwear, and then later. You were a reality, and he ran and washed those underwear, so it never happened again. It's out of control now. 